Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the West Coast Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Frias Guzman. And this segment's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to bring up, um, you know, I'm actually going to bring a recording. Uh, you know, I found this just off of, straight off of YouTube. It's an older interview of, of Russell Westbrook. But, you know, the the first thing that I wanted to bring up here, guys, and it's, uh, you know, I guess depending on who you, who you talk to, some people have shown a lot of, you know, a lot of love to this player and has been and they've been a little bit upset that that we let him go for like nothing or that we let him go in general. And uh, the player that I'm talking about is Jared Dudley. Now, I paused a little bit there because maybe some of you guys don't even know who the fuck I'm talking about. No, I'm kidding, but (laughs) no disrespect to Jared Dudley or anything like that. But I mean, the dude, especially last season, he didn't play much. He was hurt at times. He wasn't around with the team, you know. So, you know, there were there were some issues when it came when it came down to that. So maybe some that's why maybe some of you don't know who he is. But in the twenty, but overall, for the two seasons that he's been around with the team, you know, with the championship year in twenty twenty, it's so crazy talking about that. It's a year ago that that we have already had two championships in a matter of literally a year because we won the championship October of last year. So it hasn't even been a whole year since, and, and yet there's another champion already, you know, kind of weird. But anyways, <laughs> I just thought it was weird. But anyways, guys, the, um, you know, it feels like that championship year or championship was like three years ago for some reason. But anyways, here, guys, when it came down to, to Jared Dudley, the main thing that I noticed and the main thing that I saw and, and reports from all the players and everything, all the all his teammates on the Lakers, was that this guy was the ultimate teammate. You know, this guy was, a, you know, a player's coach. This guy was a guy who would, you know, be great in the film room. He would be able to keep other people accountable. You know, he was uh, that bridge between some of the younger guys and some of the guys who, you know... um you know, haven't played with LeBron or some or AD or some of these other guys. You know, to help them out to be to learn their role and to and to actually play championship basketball. So it was he was a big deal, if you ask me, and if you ask a couple other people who really knew the team, who really had the time to, you know, do their research. Now, that was great for those two years and for those two years that we really needed him because that was something that I think we did need. You know. This year is a little bit different, though, if you ask me. I've noticed, or if you guys noticed as well, there's a lot more veterans on this team. There's a lot more guys who have a certain, you know, pedigree, a a certain, you know, swag about them, a certain, you know, they carry a certain name around the NBA. I mean, you have Carmelo fucking Anthony on the damn team. You have Dwight Howard on the team. You have Anthony Davis on the team. You have Russell Westbrook on the team. You have guys... Who have been around? You have Trevor Reza, who's who's a champion. You have Ken Bazemore, who's a champion. You have guys who know how to play the game of basketball on this team. You have guys who have played with each other as well. You know these guys are familiar with each other. Russ and Carmelo have played. Of course, uh, Dwight and Bron have played, and AD and Bron. You know you have all these guys who, in some way or shape or form, are familiar with the, with playing with each other for the most part. So there's not really much of a need of a player coach, you know, to help out some of the guys who are not familiar because they are familiar with each other. You know, you don't really need a guy who's going to maybe show some of the younger guys, you know, how to play a certain role or something like that. You know, I feel like this team is, you know, so there they are so there's a certain self there's like a certain level of self-awareness, I think, with this team because they're they're veterans, because they're 
you know, guys who have been through many battles before. You know, so me, but that may, that that might just be me. But overall, uh, if you guys haven't heard, he did he did move over to the uh, Dallas Mavericks, and not as a player, which I think which is what really surprised a lot of people, or maybe not. He had been. It looked like he was kind of getting closer to the end of his career, and he wanted to maybe transition into a different role. But he joined Jason Kidd over at the Dallas Mavericks as an assistant coach to sit alongside with him, which I'm very happy for and very proud uh, to know that more. You know, one of the things that I'm always happy to see is that people that had their time with the Lakers, that they continue to do good. You know, because uh, I do follow a lot of former Lakers when it comes down to the podcast that they're doing or or other things that they're doing, you know, just um, like even Matt Barnes and uh, Matt Barnes, like he's doing his uh, podcast with Steven Jackson, you know, like there's all kinds of there's so many examples of other Laker players, employees that have done other things outside of the Lakers or, or maybe continue to work with the Lakers, you know, being like Robert Ory, who he works with Spectrum and, and so on and so forth. But anyways. And, you know, it is just a good thing to see. But anyways, you guys, the last, uh, you know, it, it is just a little sad to go in here to see him go. But I do think that he's going to move on to bigger and better things. And so are we. So the last thing here, guys, that I wanted to bring up is Russell Westbrook. I have a short little interview that he ended up playing or that he had back when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it was centered around a lot of, you know, his apparent stat padding because it was the the year that he ended up uh, averaging the triple double, it was a uh, short. It was uh, after Kevin Durant, you know, James Harden that they left the the Thunder, and it, it was really his team. Similar to, the, I mean, if you really, if if you really really ask me, and if you ask a lot of people, I mean, I I I was I was one of the people that really did not like Russell Westbrook in in a way. I also did think that he was a little bit of a stat patter. I did also think that he was, you know, a bad shooter, you know, whatever kind of cliches, you know, because you kind of get stuck in all that kind of stuff. You hear it so much that you just get, you, you know, it happens. And in times he was a player who went up against my team, you know, even when, even in his rookie year, they went up against the Lakers and played against Kobe, you know, and then so on and so on and so forth. When he played with the Rockets, you know, they played up against Lakers and, you know, it just goes on and goes on. But now that he has been, now that he is a Laker, and again, call me biased or whatever, but I did my research on the guy. And I gotta say, this guy is something else. I mean, for the one thing, you could stop the argument just as quickly as there has not been another guy who has averaged a triple double since Oscar fucking Robinson. Oscar freaking Robinson, guys. And and there and there has and I noticed that there's that there, if there isn't a bigger fan of Russell Westbrook than it is the Big O, this guy talks about how uh, Russ is just an absolute monster. How he's a different kind of player. He comes from a different like class, a different breed of guys, you know. But it is it is interesting, you know. After you do the research on the guy, after you kind of understand a little bit more about what his game really is like. You know, being that he is from L.A., being that he's, you know, of course, now that he's with Lakers and so on and so forth, you know, he's going to, you know, really, you know, relish this opportunity. He's going to, you know, he's going to really embrace this opportunity that he has, um, at least from what I can tell, because the the, the guy doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to, you know, take anything for granted. You know, if that makes sense. You know, I don't really think that he's going to come to the, his team, being that he's been a Laker fan for uh, his entire life, 
and not give it his all when literally his entire career he is that guy who goes 100 100 like 100% 110% every freaking minute you know so a guy that from UCLA where he ended up winning you know the defensive player of the year out there you know so he has that defensive capability he has like these certain things in his game it's just all about him being intentional about it and a lot of times you know when it came down to him not being so great on defense from what people have been talking about the dude had the ball in his hand almost every freaking time you know even when he was in OKC it wasn't Durant who had the ball in his hand it wasn't James Harden who had the ball in his hand he wasn't necessarily the the man at that time he wasn't who James he wasn't the James Harden that we all know now at that time you know so it was it was uh, Russ who had the ball even with the Rockets, he had to share. Yeah, he shared the ball with with Harden, but his usage rate was still really high up there. So he had the ball in his hand a lot still, and they used him as that. They used him as that ball handler whenever uh, Harden was not on the floor. So if that has anything to tell you, then and his defense actually really got great with the with the Rockets. As a matter of fact, he even got to a point where he wasn't even shooting a three pointer back then, and, and he was really efficient. And some of the stuff I actually got from I believe his name is Royce Williams. He guy who ended up uh, covering Russ pretty much his entire career. Now, the the main thing here that I'm going to play here, the interview with Russ, where he actually talks about, you know, stat padding. He actually kind of mentions, you know, what his what his idea is about stat padding. And, and, and I love his reaction about it. I love the, I love how he just kind of shuts shuts anybody up about it. And here, I'm just going to go ahead and play it here, guys. Take a listen. I mean, a lot of people make jokes about, you know, whatever, stat padding or going to get rebounds. <clears throat> if people could get 20 rebounds every night, they would. If people could fucking get 15 rebounds, they would. The people that's talking or saying whatever they need to say, they should try and do it and see how hard it is. Since everybody's so, you know, everybody wants to be talking and, you know, I'm, I'm tired of hearing the same old rebound this, stealing rebound, all this shit. I take pride in what I do. Come out and play, and I get the ball faster than somebody else get to it. That's just what it is. If you don't want it, I'm going to get it. Simple as that. All right, guys. So that's that interview with Russ back then with the with Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, the guy hasn't let up from that mentality ever. The dude just came from a triple-double season last season with the Wizards. And this is the other thing here that I wanted to mention here, guys, because in his press conference, and you can find this like on YouTube, Lakers.com, his press conference, his press, his press conference when he first joined, when he first was announced as a as a Laker, he talks about how his job is just gonna is is gonna be to make his teammates better, to make LeBron better, to make his their job easier, and that's all he's done, all his career. And now that I've done, now that I've done my research on the guy. I mean, Kevin Durant won scoring titles with the guy, and he was he was considered a ball. Russ was considered a ball hog, and this guy helped Kevin Durant to win scoring titles. Last year, Bradley Beal was second in the in the scoring title votings to uh, Steph Curry, and that was, I mean, who the hell is going to be Steph Curry with the freaking monster year that he had last year? But just think about that, guys. Like this dude was able to. You know, average triple double, and it wasn't even like a triple double where he barely got, you know, where he barely averaged, um, you know, ten, ten. He led the the league, I think, eleven assists or something like that, and it was like ten point 
five or ten point something, like almost eleven uh, rebounds as well, and it was uh, twenty plus points. You know, so that's that's a one hell of a triple double to be able to average that for the whole season. So you know, you ask me, guys, I'm so <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm so excited to see this guy play in the Laker jersey. I mean, the dude's gonna be playing. The dude, similar to like uh, Quinn Cook. You know, for the 2020 year, he's going to be able to live out his dream. You know, every guy who grows up a Laker fan wants to become a Laker at some point. Dreams about being able to go ahead and shoot that ball in Staples or in in the Western form, you know, depending on on when your fandom started. But that's going to be it for the for this podcast here, guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm really hoping that this uh, new format or this new platform is really working out. Please let me know if there's any kind of issues or any kind of problems with it. But uh, again, do enjoy, I do appreciate everybody listening and everybody who's been following me. Uh, but yeah, keep on checking it out. Until then, hope you guys have a great weekend and a great week. Peace.